All right, all right. Good morning. It's great to see you guys. Welcome. Um, things are going to look a little bit different this morning. Many of you may have already come expecting this, but um, usually right near the beginning of the year, typically in January, we pushed it off to February um, because of some things we've had going on. Um, we like to do just a church update. Um, State of the church sounds so formal. It's really just like a church family meeting. And so I might even change the title of that next year. State of the church just sounds way too formal. Um, we just want to talk about what's going on. And so we'll take some time to just celebrate things that have happened over the course of the last year. Um, for some of us, it's just a good marker to remember cool things God has done in our midst. Um, if you've come along and, and been around more recently, it'll give you an idea of some things happening here in our midst. And then as we're doing that, we'll talk a bit about the coming year as well, things that are coming up this year that we can be involved in. Um, but I wanna just start um, just by, by kind of keeping the main thing the main thing and just taking two or three minutes and just sharing the heart and, and purpose of our church. And so um, if, if you go on our website, if you ever pick up one of our little welcome packets, you're bound to see the phrase, equipping people to be passionate disciples of Jesus Christ. Now, it's, it's really easy to just throw together a mission statement and stick it somewhere and go, okay, yeah, that, and then just forget about it and move on. But we really want that to be the driving force of who we are as a church. Um, and so I just briefly wanna to talk to you about that. Passionate disciples of Jesus Christ. It means people who know and love God and who are, who are choosing to follow him. And so wherever we're at, if folks are coming in here and they're like, I don't even know who Jesus is. And I, I hope people get a real sense of who God is, of who Jesus is, and can not just learn about him here, but get to know him, get to know him. And so a disciple of Jesus at the simplest level, it's kind of wrapped up in this phrase Jesus used when he called some of his very first followers. He looked at some fishermen in a boat and he said, come and follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And in that phrase right there, he's inviting them into relationship. He didn't hand them a booklet and say, here's my mission statement. Read this list of rules and ideas I have. And then y'all just kind of get together and talk about those every now and then and decide if you agree with them. He said, come follow me, be in relationship. We were made to have relationship with God. And so our heart here is that we would be a place where we mutually encourage one another to follow Jesus in a real living relationship. And, and so that's our heart. And so what happens is when we begin to follow Jesus, he touches our lives. Sometimes it's in miraculous moments in time where I just know God showed up and did something special right there. Something shifted, something changed in me. There's also stuff that just transpires over time as we dedicate our lives to know God and to follow him. Slowly but surely, he is changing us. When Jesus said, come follow me, he said, I'll make you something. I'll make you something. Your part is to come be with me and then I'm gonna do this miraculous thing where I transform you, I change you. And thank God that he is still working on me. <laughs> I'm grateful for that. I'm certain my family is grateful that he is still changing this guy. But he hangs in there with us for the long haul and he transforms and he changes us. It's not just a passive thing. We're to know him, to follow him, and he changes our lives. And then, then Jesus said, Here's what I'm gonna make you into. I'm gonna make you into fishers of men. Jesus invites us to cooperate with him in life. Whether, whether we like this or not, we impact the lives of other people. We may not do that with much purpose or intentionality, but we impact other people. But Jesus says, when you come follow me and I begin to change your life, you're gonna go on an adventure with me that's gonna touch other lives our mission is gonna to be to touch other people. And so that kind of moves into the second part of, of our heart as a church. It's, it's not, it starts, the central point is knowing God, seeing him show up in our lives and touch us and change us. We get to know him. But, but one of the things he says is the way people are gonna know that you're mine is the way that you love one another. And so we need to be about people. And so we learn to love each other. We, we are in community. We choose to be in community. Now, now, we can tell ourselves, if I just kind of show up every now and then, I'm a part of something, 
But the reality is to be in real community, we've gotta be connected with each other. I love this. There's these one another's in the scripture. And there's a bunch of them. I, I, I don't have them all listed this morning, but this is what we're to be about when we're in community with each other is the one another's of scripture. Love one another, encourage one another, pray for one another. At times we're called to challenge one another. We're called to bear one another's burdens, to serve one another. This, the scripture talks about, it teaches us all those are ways that we love each other well. And so that's what it means to be the church. And so we wanna be a place that keeps the main thing the main thing. We wanna spend time with God. We wanna get to know him and let him change us. And we wanna be about people. And so we're gonna love each other well first. And listen, that's gonna get messy at times. We're gonna let each other down at times. We're gonna make mistakes. But that, that's part of how we learn to love is we navigate even those hard things together. And so that's what we wanna be as a church. And then our, our hope is as we do that here internally, we take that with us out into our community here in Knoxville and beyond. Um, we're gonna talk about some things that we do together. There are intentional times that we gather, but we, we pretty intentionally try to keep the calendar like relatively clear. We don't have stuff like, all the time. You know, we're saying, hey, get into a life group. I'll talk about those in a minute. Come to church on Sunday. But I believe part of what God's called us to do as followers of Jesus is to, to live where we've been planted, to be present in my neighborhood, at my job, in those places where my life intersects with others in the community. And how do I love people well there? How do I have an impact there? Followers of Jesus, disciples of Jesus, carry him with us wherever we go. So let's start leaning into, into some details. There's a little bit about our, our heart as a church. Um, so just some kind of local things that you see here. We talk about life groups a lot. They're one of the heartbeats of our church. It's one of the places where we can do, we can live out those one another's of scripture because you really get to know each other in those communities. And so we have five life groups now. A, a new one just launched on Thursday. Um, my parents thought it'd be a great idea right after they launched a group to leave the country for a few weeks. Um, they, they, they helped start a ministry in the Dominican Republic six or seven years ago, eight, 10 years ago now that, that ministers primarily to boys, now to girls who need a home. And so there's a boys home in the Dominican Republic. And so um, grandma and grandpa have been called in to come help support for a few weeks. And so that was unexpected. Rob and Sarah Richmond, who are a part of a group that they lead already with the Pinellas are gonna cover that Thursday night group for a few weeks. But we've got five life groups now. Um, we spend a lot of time as life group leaders pouring into each other, encouraging each other and growing. And one of the main ways that we see discipleship happen in our church is in that life group environment, wrestling through life together right there in that group, but also seeing people grow in their walk with Jesus. And the way we've grown life groups is people in those life groups eventually grow and become leaders and will branch off of a life group to start another one. And we learn how not only to walk with God, but to share that life with other people. Um, and I, I, I like to borrow this phrase from my, my friend, uh, Jimmy Harris, who's back at Grace Chapel in Franklin. Jimmy uses the phrase, don't worry, be crappy. And <laughs> Can the pastor say crappy on Sunday morning? I don't know. I just did twice now. Um, but the idea is, this isn't about being like the perfect life group leader. There aren't perfect people coming to that group and the life group leader isn't gonna be the perfect life group leader. But we're gonna learn to love each other, to listen to each other, to pray for each other, to, to dig into God's word together. And so we grow. And here's what I love about that. If we learn in that community and have some freedom to be a little bit messy and a little bit clunky, we can learn how to then go out and intentionally touch other people's lives because it's not as complicated as we make it. We're sharing the hope of Jesus with people in need. And when we're doing that poorly, we go, hey, that's part of the deal. I'm an imperfect, broken person. That's why I need Jesus. And I wanna share him with you too. And so parents, we can learn to do that with our kids. And we can learn to do that with our neighbors and our family members. And so that's the idea. So life groups is a real heartbeat of our church. I would encourage you to plug into one. Um, it's just, it's so meaningful and important. 
Um, some other key things that are happening around here, our, our kids' ministry, our kids' ministry. Um, man, we have a lot of faithful people who serve on Sunday mornings and pour into our kids' lives, and they're doing an awesome job. Um, they, they love them, they teach them, they play games together. They're, there's all this great stuff happening, and the idea is that our kids are never too young to get to know Jesus. In fact, you and I, we're supposed to learn from them. Jesus told us to come to him like a child. And so we should actually go in there and hang out every now and then just to learn from them what it looks like to have faith like a child and follow Jesus. But our, our kids are vastly important to us. This is a family-oriented church. Just stop and look around the room for a minute. Like, we freely have moms in here with their babies sitting in service and like, that's all right. Our, our kids are welcome. It was the stodgy folks who told Jesus, send those kids away. And Jesus said, no, 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 let the kids come to me. And so we wanna be a place where our kids know and meet Jesus. And so thank you, those of you who serve in kids ministry. It's not babysitting. I, I realize in that youngest age, you know, it's probably just holding crying babies and changing diapers. But we're, we're communicating love, care, safety. We're, we're presenting the love of a, a good father even by caring for our littlest ones. And as they get older and learn to understand, we came to get words and ideas and concepts behind the love that we're showing. And so we believe in that here. Um, uh, really quick, just to acknowledge some people. I don't know if any of them are in the room. They're probably all serving. Courtney, you're in here. Is Christina in here this morning? She's probably in a kid's class. So Christina Marshall, Grant's here. You can wave on your wife's behalf. Um, Christina kind of oversees our kids' ministry. She does an awesome job with that. Courtney works with her and does a great job faithfully serving in there. Andrew has helped a ton over the years, does a lot of setup team stuff. And, and what's been really cool that started to happen in just the last handful of months is we have a little bit of a youth ministry now. And so we've been doing some Bible studies with a handful of kids for a few years, and now there's some middle school and high school age students here at our church. And so, Andrew, would you stand up just so people can see you? Y'all might know who Andrew is, but Andrew's here. His wife, Dira, is in England. He's going to visit, he's gonna go meet her there Thursday. So they've got family there, she has family there. Um, but Andrew and Dira and Caroline Bell, is Caroline in the room? She's not. Caroline Bell, they are serving our middle school and high school kids. So we now have a midweek youth program. Um, pretty cool thing that has transpired just in the last handful of weeks, really, is a small local church on South Peters Road um, through some cool connections that the Lord made. The pastor there opened up that church for us to use on Thursday nights. And so our youth are meeting down in their kind of fellowship hall basement area. Our new Thursday night life group is meeting at that building upstairs and kind of a, a little gathering area there as well. And so it's really been neat to see another church open their doors to us and provide a space for us. And we've been really grateful for that. So if you ever drive by the Lord's Chapel on South Peters Road, anybody ever seen the Lord's Chapel? It's just this sweet little by, there's like maybe 12 folks in that church. They're all in their 80s. And they just, they love Jesus, they're faithful to him. And they were like, man, we wanna see our church used for more than we're able to use it for during the week. And so we wanna open it up. And so that's been a huge blessing. Andrew, thanks for loving on our kids. I'm saying that as a dad right now. Thanks for loving my girls and pointing them to Jesus. All right, um, volunteers. This is worth celebrating and we need to like put our hands together in just a minute here. We had our, our largest number of people serving last year that we've ever had. It was over 60 people volunteering here at Grace Chapel. It was like 64, I think, was the number. So if you served on setup team, kids ministry, um, whatever, prayer team, you open your home as a life group, could y'all just stand up if you volunteered to serve in 2019, and can we just tell them thank you? Awesome. Awesome. Thank you guys so much. Man, it's just incredible to see like what happens when people are just willing to say, hey, I'll be a part, I'll participate, I'll serve. Um, it makes a massive difference. And so, because um, some of the primary ways people have served, I mentioned kids ministry, 
You know, there's two or three adults per classroom in there on Sunday mornings. Set up and tear down crew. Listen, I'm gonna be straight with you. There is nothing fun about that. <laughs> it's just work. But it helps create a space where we can gather, where we can worship the Lord, where our kids have a structured area that's, that's safe and fun for them. And so we are so grateful for the people that do that. Um, and I would encourage you, it's a great on-ramp even to just participating here at the church. Um, please consider serving on our setup team in our kids area. Man, it makes a difference. And the folks who've been doing it faithfully for a while appreciate the extra set of hands because we can spread the load a little bit. Um, so we show up at eight o'clock on Sunday mornings. We're usually done about nine o'clock. You got time to either go back home and pick up the rest of the family or, or sit, have coffee, connect with the other folks that we're serving. Um, and then it usually takes us 30 to 45 minutes after church to tear it down. So about 12, 15, typically we're able to get out of here. So if you would consider doing that, that would be great. Um, Pastor Alex is now gonna come up and share about some new, a new kind of serving opportunity here at the church this year. Can we make Alex feel welcome while I figure out how to turn on this microphone? Hey, y'all. Well, <clears throat> most of y'all probably know I'm the associate pastor here, and part of my responsibility is um, leading worship with my wife and a, and a team of people. And um, uh, I just wanted to share some vision with you guys about our, our worship team. So we've spent the last, I mean, we just started our fifth year, right? Yeah, we, four years. <clears throat> like two weeks. Yeah, so we're coming up on, you know, four-year anniversary. And, you know, guys, we've been doing everything we can just to get set up and make sound come out and lead people well. Like, it's just, it's been an honor and, and awesome to lead worship for you guys in, in the capacity we've been doing it. We love it. Um, we've been feeling for the last couple of months, like maybe it's time to start inviting more people into that. And so I want to I say something that um, when I say worship, I don't just mean what me and Crystal and, and Zach were doing this morning up here on stage, like fronts back there in the back. Um, mixing the console. That's just as much as him helping lead worship and set a mood that, that, that we are. Um, so we've got some opportunities. I'm, we're at a place now where I'd love to see some more people hop up here on the stage with us and help us in leading worship, whether you're a musician or a vocalist. And like Jake said, don't worry, be crappy. Like maybe both pastors should say it. Yeah. Well, <laughs> within reason, don't be crappy. <laughs> <laughs> but seriously, if you're amazing like Crystal is, or you're like mediocre like this guy, we have room for you guys. Like, don't let that stop you from, from like signing up and raising your hand to try it. We feel very called to disciple people into that. And it has very little to do with talent. Like, that's a piece of it. I'm not gonna lie. You have to at least be able to carry a tune to sing, but we can walk you through what it is to lead people in worship and, and be a part of this team. Same with the tech stuff. Um, we actually, the easiest thing that we could like use a lot of help with is just running the lyrics on a Sunday morning. Like getting here at like nine o'clock, making sure it's all set, sitting through worship rehearsal, sitting through the sermon, and then you get to leave. You don't have to set anything up or tear anything down. Like if I can't get four people to sign up for that, then like <laughs> we're in trouble. Um, <clears throat> Anyway, our, our goal is just to let more, like when we moved out here, it was never our goal for me and Crystal to be leading worship up here every week because as a church, we believe in discipleship and sending people out. So I just want to really give you a, a warm invitation into this, whatever that capacity that might be for you. Um, you can email me at alex at gcnox.net if you want to get in touch. Find me after if you've got time today or I can get you my number and we can text. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to extend that invitation to anybody who, who's interested and we'll, we'll cover more details after we get some names of who's, who's interested. But yeah, we love you guys. Awesome. I want to invite you in. Thanks. Great. Thanks, Alex. Excited, man. Thanks, bro. Your phone. Yeah, he's right on. Like we, we want to see more people grow into stuff. You know, I don't, I don't ever want this church to turn into like People just think of Pastor Jake when they think of Grace Chapel. It's, it's the greater body of Christ. It's all of us sitting here. And so we do wanna see more people rise up. We're gonna have more people preaching on Sundays. Sometimes that'll be someone from out of town coming in. That'll be people right here in this room that you'll see preaching on Sundays. Um, we want people to discover their giftings and their callings and to use those 
to minister to the whole body. And so we're gonna see that more and more this year. Um, I'll just tell you right now, our approach to people being a part of leadership at the church, it's always gonna be the model of servant leadership. It's what Jesus did. It's what his followers did. Um, And so for us, like the pathway to that is always gonna be through real relationship with each other, getting to know one another, and and then through serving when we see servant-hearted people, because here's the deal. To us, there's no difference. It's not like you serve so then you can be in charge and tell people what to do. When you're in charge of something, you're serving the people. You're serving the body. That is the heartbeat of leadership is to serve. And so it's always gonna start there. So I wanna take a few minutes and just make sure y'all know who some people are that are in the room that are, are serving and leading in some different ways. So um, really quick, um, if you are a life group leader or co-leader, would you stand up? I know y'all saw these faces maybe a few weeks ago if you were here. Just kind of turn around. You can do your pageant wave if you have a good pageant wave. Yes, perfect. All right, these are life group leaders. A lot of those folks are also deacons. Now, it's, it's been comical to me over the last year that I'm pastoring a church with deacons because I just always thought of deacon as this very like old school denominational term. And so about two years ago, Alex and I were going, man, we know we want more leaders in Knoxville to, to raise up in our church. And so like, how do we bring some more people into the decision-making and what's going on? And so you know, I started having in my head this idea that we needed an advisory board. And, and then I just, I just start looking at the scripture. It's like, wait a minute, why am I creating some advisory board? The scripture has a term for this. It's deacons. And the word deacon, it simply means to serve or minister. It, it actually, most of the times in the New Testament where you see the word serve, it's the same Greek word for deacon. And so it really is someone who serves. In fact, the, the closest way to communicate what that word means is someone who waits at a table. That's a deacon, someone who serves the body. And so we now have uh, seven faithful men and we always introduce the men and their wives because we very much feel like it's a team approach. And so these are our seven deacons and their wives this year. Uh, Grant and Christina Marshall. Grant, could you stand up and wave? And again, Christine is in the kids' ministry. Um, Vicus and Christy Mehta, who are getting their son, their adopted son in India. They're a week or so away from coming back home. We're very excited for them. Um, so we'll be seeing them back in the U.S. soon. Can't wait to see them. Tommy and Amy Nickel, you guys are here in the room this morning. Could y'all stand up and, and wave? Yes, Tommy and Amy Nickel. All right, Nick and Kristen, Pinella, could you guys stand up? Y'all were already up a second ago, I know. Um, Andrew, you've been up multiple times now. People know who you are. Sit down. (laughs) We need to find more stuff for Andrew to do around here. We were just talking about that this morning. Um, Bob and Diane Spencer, my parents, right here in the front, they were up a second ago. Um, And then Franz and Anna Lucien back there, can you guys wave? Awesome, they help lead the North Knoxville group as well. Um, So these are folks who have faithfully been serving at our church for years now. And and then they they lead in other capacities besides just the practical hands-on stuff. They lead life groups, they pray with people. Um, We invite them in to like big decisions we're making as a church and they pray with us and we discuss like what direction do we think we should go in. Hey, we've got money to give away this year to to mission organizations. Where do we wanna direct that? How do we wanna do that? And so um, we are very thankful for our our leaders. Um, Our staff, really quick, we have a a modest staff. Myself and Alex and Crystal are kind of a team there. Um, We're the full-time staff. Um, And then we've got several part-time folks. Amy Nickel, who was just standing a minute ago with her husband, Tommy. Amy does like a ton of administrative stuff around here. She updates the website and the weekly emails that you guys get and our Instagram. And she does a a ton of behind the scenes support. She helps build volunteer schedules and just on and on. Tons of stuff. Alex and I especially like to... 
clap and recognize Amy because she keeps us straight and sane and um, just makes sure we're on track getting stuff done. It's always sweet when I get that like Thursday afternoon email reminding me of that thing I, I was gonna do earlier in the week and she's just kind of gently like, hey, did you get a chance to get that together yet? No, okay, I'll sit down and do it now. Um, and then uh, Diane, my mom, um, she's done bookkeeping stuff for years for Josiah's house, the ministry we mentioned. And so um, she has been doing our day-to-day bookkeeping here for the church. Um, I'm gonna get to Rob in a minute, but I wanna go ahead and acknowledge you guys. Would you and Rob both kind of stand up? Rob, can you stand up and wave at everybody? All right, so Rob Richmond is one of our elders. He's our treasurer, and so he oversees everything big picture financially. He also works really hard and has a a high-demand full-time job. And so we've been really grateful that my mom can do kind of the day-to-day bookkeeping, and then he provides some oversight, and they kind of work together on all of that. So that gives you a sense of those things. If you ever are having an issue with, like, the online giving website working or whatever, um, Diane is the person to talk to about that. It always feels weird saying Diane, but that's her name. Um, (laughs) That's right. Um, And so I already mentioned Christina Marshall. She's part-time and runs kids ministry. Courtney and Andrew are in some support roles and give some extra time on Sundays and during the week as well. And so we're just really grateful for our staff that helps keep things running around here. Um, You know, I don't believe that the church is the paid staff. You know, a lot of people can develop that mentality in American church. I show up, I sit in my chair like I'm supposed to, maybe I give like I'm supposed to, and then they do all the stuff. No, we are the church. We are the body of Christ. And the the staff is here to help support and direct and equip, but we are the church. And so we're the ones called to love, to serve, to worship together. Um, And I'm really grateful for our staff that does that. Um, And then the main way decisions are made at our church, okay, just to clarify for anybody who's wondering, we moved here um, right about this time of year in early 2016. Me and my wife, Amy, Crystal and Alex Hawkins, Rob and Sarah Richmond, who stood up, um, we all moved here together to plant this church. Grace Chapel in Franklin, Tennessee is where we all attended for many years. I was on staff there for a long time. They, they helped get us started. They helped send us out here. Um, but we're not set up like a denomination. We don't, we don't give money back to them. It's just a relational support. Um, and so we are a standalone church with our own 501c3 and we are governed by our elders. Our elders help make all the big picture decisions of the church, all right? And so currently, our local elders are Rob, Alex, and myself. We had two guys in Franklin that knew they were gonna be short-term elders, but we wanted their wisdom and insight. And so in the early part of this year, we'll be talking soon, we've got a, a Knoxville elder, a fourth local elder that's gonna be coming on board prayerfully in the next few months. And so we'll keep you posted on that to kind of replace Ron Klontz, who's one of our Franklin elders. And so our goal eventually is to have at least kind of five local elders here governing things at at Grace Chapel in Knoxville. So hopefully I explained that well. I am happy to get as detailed with you guys one-on-one as you ever want to get. If you have questions about how we do things, how we make decisions, where the money goes, um, I'm open. I'll I'll meet you for coffee or whatever. So we want to be open about those things. All right. Was that all clear? Are there any questions that got sparked while I was going through all of that? Okay, so there's some things just kind of about our local church community. Um, I want to just talk about a few events that are important to us that we've done over the course of this past year, and and some of them are things that we're going to be doing this year. Um, We do some special gatherings throughout the year. One of my favorites is Easter weekend. Um, We had a Good Friday service last year that was really special. We had never done that before, but the school let us use the facility on Friday night, and so we did a special night of worship and just reflecting on Jesus, taking communion together. It was a really powerful night. Um, And then on Sunday morning, Easter Sunday, we don't meet here. We gather for a sunrise service at the Cove. It's, It's part of Concord Park down North Shore for a sunrise service right on the river, really just special time to gather and celebrate 
the resurrection power of Jesus, our risen Savior. And so um, we've been doing those pretty much every year we've been here, and they're just a really special gathering. Another thing we do at the end of the summer, so the last Sunday in August, we gather for what we call barbecue and baptisms. And so after church on Sunday, we head over to the Cove again, and we grill out, and we just have like a family meal together, and then we have water baptisms right there in the river. It is such a special event. There's people in this room, I love looking around the room and going, man, I got to baptize you. That was so cool. And then there's parents in the room that I got to baptize, and then fast forward a year or two, and then I'm watching them baptize their kids. And it's just the coolest thing watching people say, I belong to Jesus. I'm his. He's my savior. And so water baptism is an important part of of what we do as believers. Um, Let me give you my two-minute quick spiel on that, all right? Um, I believe a couple things about water baptism, all right? It's not the thing that saves you. You make a personal decision to allow Jesus to be your savior. That's a choice you make in your heart. God, I need you. I need you to forgive me and cleanse me of my sin. I'm inviting you to come be my savior and Lord. That's a, that's a decision that we make in our heart. We verbalize it with our mouths that, that we've given our life to him. But we are called to be water baptized. And so the way we do that is, I believe we see this throughout scripture, that everybody who's water baptized, they were making that decision themselves, that they were ready to be water baptized. So we don't practice infant baptism I don't have a problem with that necessarily. I just believe water baptism was was meant to be a thing that that we knew what we were doing. I have given my life to Jesus and I'm making a conscious decision to publicly declare that. That's what water baptism is. It's a public declaration of the decision we've already made, all right? And so it's a great opportunity to say, God, I'm yours. Jesus did it. He modeled it for us. His followers baptized people when they led people to Jesus. And so we practice water baptism. Um, We do something special for newborns. Anybody that's interested in this, we do baby dedications. Because what we do see is people brought their young ones to Jesus and he prayed over them and he blessed them. And so I absolutely believe we should pray for our kids and dedicate them to Jesus. And I believe their, their, their eternal security is covered while they're young, that they're okay. And that we all reach a point where we reach an age of decision. I don't think that's a specific number. I think it's dependent on individual maturity level and understanding. We reach a place in our life where we're old enough to make a decision for Jesus. And then we make that decision personally. All right? So that's kind of how we approach those things. Um, And so that specific event is a great time to be baptized. You don't have to wait all year, though. If you give your life to Jesus, you're like, man, I need to be baptized, let's do it. We'll meet up this week. I've done baptisms on a Thursday afternoon in the Tennessee River, like, we'll do it. And so we don't have to wait till the end of August, but it's kind of a special gathering once a year where we intentionally connect as a church and celebrate that together. Um, We usually do some sort of special Christmas service. We had a really sweet time. It's kind of what led us to be in this room now. Um, We use this stage and this space for our our Christmas um, evening service, and it it just really worked well and was special, and we kind of filled the place up, and so it helped us determine that this was our new home in here in the gym. Um, Okay, ladies. Um, The ladies had an awesome women's retreat this past fall, and there's there's one on the books again. Have y'all set a date yet, or we just know it's kind of in the fall They're in the process. Okay, so probably October-ish, we're thinking. So ladies, plan on another retreat in October, more information to come. Guys, you know, we're always lagging a little bit behind, but we're doing a a men's retreat this year, and we've got dates, and we're working on details, and so it's gonna be April 24th and 25th. We'll leave right after work on Friday and spend about 24 hours away. We'll be back home by Saturday night. And so we want you to go ahead and mark your calendars for that. Guys, we're believing it's gonna be a really powerful time together. And so Friday night, April 25th, home by Saturday. Sorry, Friday night, April 24th, home by Saturday, April 25th. Um, We'd love to have you all jump in on that. And then we're also planning a trip to Mexico. And I'm gonna move into talking about missions here in just a second. But our dear friends, Brian and Rochelle Ray, 
um, started a church in the town of Navajoa, um, which is in kind of the northwest corner of Mexico. And, um, and we're going to go spend some time down there probably in September. Um, and so if you have a heart for missions and you'd like to go on that trip, be watching for information about that. We'd love to have you all jump in and be a part of that. All right, so there's some special events that we've got. Now, I want to talk to you guys about missions. A really big part of our heart is to come alongside other people and other ministries that are making an impact. And so we've got some local ministries that we partner with and also some that are out of the country. And so I wanna take a minute to talk about this. Um, first of all, just kind of right here, um, oh wait, before, I'm getting ahead of myself. The Knoxville Dream Center, um, there's, a, there's a specific part of that ministry that's been called Lost Sheep. It's the under the bridge feeding ministry for the homeless that's been in existence for years and years and years here in Knoxville. We support the Knoxville Dream Center. They also work with Title I schools, um, providing school supp supplies and other things that are needed in those schools. And they do feeding programs. And so there are places all over Knoxville, poor communities, that they will pull up to, and they're the grocery store once a week. And they will show up in these communities and lay out food, and people will fill up food for free for the week. And so we give to that organization and we partner with them. We've participated in like Thanksgiving basket food drives, Christmas stockings for the kids that are being served in those areas. We usually do a school supply drive in the summertime for those Title I schools. And so there's practical ways that we participate with them, but our church supports them financially. Um, all right, and then we've got a couple people in-house that are like missionaries right here in town. And so let me start with Andrew and Abigail Jolly. Um, are, I, there they are. I knew I saw y'all's faces at one point. Andrew and Abigail, would y'all wave, maybe stand, stand up? And if you're holding the baby and don't want to disturb, okay. I couldn't tell. All right, this is Andrew and Abigail. They serve as missionaries on the campus at UT. They work with foreign students, foreign exchange students who come to UT, and they share the love of Jesus with them. And they're, they're working with, y'all can sit back down. Thanks for standing up. They, they work with folks who come from not only completely different cultures, but often a different belief system. And they just build relationship with them and love on them and share Jesus with them. And, and they've had the privilege of leading people to the Lord and helping them grow in their relationship with Jesus. And it's just a really neat ministry. You know, I often think of missions as like, I gotta plan some big trip to go somewhere. But God brings the nations to us. And so these students are right here in our own backyard and they do an awesome job serving. We support them financially. There are times where they can use folks to help serve, cook meals and host different events. So if you have a heart for that, go meet them, talk to them and get involved. Um, we're really grateful for those guys. Um, okay, now I wanna introduce you to Zach and Callie Ward. Would you guys stand up and wave? The, the recently married Zach and Callie Ward. Um, so this sweet couple served for years as a part of a ministry while they were students at UT. And then when they graduated and got married, they felt like they were being called to continue in ministry. And so they're serving on the campus of UT as well with Chi Alpha, right? Um, discipling students to know Jesus. But what you may not know is they're getting ready this fall to go to Morocco for a two-year commitment to serve in Morocco. And so our, our church has been helping support them while they've been working on the UT campus. We're gonna continue that as they go on to Morocco this fall. And so you can be praying for them as they prepare for that. Um, and we wanna love and support and encourage them in that. And so thank you guys for faithfully serving Jesus. Andrew, Abigail, thank you guys for what y'all do. It's an honor to get to walk alongside you guys. Thanks for being on those front lines. We love y'all. Um, I highly recommend if, if you're a person who, who gives and gives above and beyond, like these would be great places. These are great people um, to, to put your money towards and, and they're directly ministering um, Jesus to those in need. Um, all right, um, this school, beyond paying rent, we do some things to bless the school here. We take care of their flower beds, keeping them weeded and freshly mulched. And they just kind of know we're on call if they need something. If an issue comes up, something comes up, we're here to help. And so we've poured sidewalks that help us and help them before. And the shed that we have on site, they let us build that here. 
it's going to belong to the school when we leave. Um, it's ours for as long as we're meeting here to store our stuff, and then it'll be gifted to them when we leave. So we've got a great working relationship with the school. We've been very blessed to have this facility. Um, and so we, we also do some giving towards the school here. Um, okay, to kind of start, start looking out to foreign stuff. So I mentioned Zach and Callie are going to Morocco. Caroline Bell, who has just been longtime servant-hearted gal here at our church. She has a huge heart for missions. She's also um, this fall going to Cambodia for two years and is gonna be serving there on the mission field. And so we plan to help Caroline with that. Um, Brian and Rochelle Ray, who I mentioned in Mexico. Rochelle was born and raised in Mexico. Her dad's from California. Her mom's from Mexico. He came down there, got married. They raised kids, did ministry for years and years in Mexico. And then as Rochelle grew up, um, she just always had a heart to continue in ministry. And here's this boy, Brian Ray from Franklin, Tennessee, that shows up and is doing a little um, summer internship there with her parents' ministry, and they meet and fall in love, and so they've now been serving for years in Mexico. They've got an awesome story I could tell you more about sometime, but um, in the last handful of years, they've planted a church in this town of Navajoa, and God has really been just blessing what they're doing there, and so we help support that church plant in Mexico, um, and we will go and serve there with them this fall. They're an awesome couple. And then we had a really unique opportunity this past year. Um, Manuel, how many of you guys know Manuel and Taylor back there? Can y'all wave? It's him. (laughs) Y'all know Manuel. So um, Manuel's brother back in Mozambique um, passed away and went to be with the Lord not not long ago. And so our our church... um, came along to just support and love on them any way that we could. And so one thing that we were able to do is his sister-in-law and her daughter needed a place to live. And they had a house that had been started and wasn't finished. And so our church rallied and gave towards that. And so we helped build a house um, for Manuel's sister-in-law, Fatima. And so she's now living there, settled in. It's good. It's good. Yeah, yeah. So I just, I love that, like, that's a tangible reminder that we have brothers and sisters all over the world and we have a relational connection right there, but we, have, we truly have brothers and sisters all over the world. And so, so there, there are planned things that we do every year. We know we're gonna support this ministry or support that effort, but we are always prayerfully open as needs arise to come alongside and support other things. So there's a couple other ministries we're looking at participating with in the coming months and we'll keep you in the loop on those but that gets you an idea of of, um, who we partner with. All right, Um, I'm gonna try to go through this as quickly as I can, but I don't wanna neglect this this morning. I know we're getting close on time, Um, but I wanna just briefly talk about finances with our church. So first of all, um, our outreach and missions giving for 2019 was $21,657. And so, That includes benevolence. So as needs arise in our church body, somebody's got a medical bill, an unexpected repair, just things are going on. Um, We we believe in helping people get counseling. If they need to go through counseling, we've come alongside and supported people in that. And so church benevolence is in this number, the amount of money we gave to North Shore Elementary is in there. And then all those missions, organizations I was mentioning, we, we donated money to. And so basically what we do is we look at a year and go, at, at minimum, we want as a church to practice the tithe. And so we want at minimum to give away 10% of what comes in to ministries outside of our church to support and encourage them. And so that's what we did. Our, our expected mission giving for this year, 2020, is $27,000 is about what we're expecting to give away this coming year. We'll see what all the Lord does there, but that's our intention. Um, and so now that moves us into talking about our local giving here as a church. I want to bring y'all into this. So, um, all right, where are we at here? Okay, so here's a little bit of history for you. So when we moved here, I mean, we didn't know anybody. There was just a handful of us. Um, in fact, the first Sunday in March will be the four-year anniversary of the first service in our living room um, out west. 
and um, Alex would come over, Rob would come over, and we'd move my dining room table out and our couch out and pile it all into the garage and make room in the living room to fit people in there. And, um, and so, you know, when we came, our, our church, Grace Chapel, had, had committed to give a certain amount of money each year to help us get going. And so our first year in existence, we had about $36,000 that came in just from the local people who had gathered and began to give. And then in 2017, kind of our real first full year here, that grew to 125,000. And then in 2018, it grew to 190,000. Now, what was significant about the end of 2018 is that at the start of last year, January 2019, we officially came off support from Grace Chapel in Franklin and needed to be self-sustaining. And so to meet our budget for last year, we were believing for giving to increase to $260,000. Many of y'all heard the update in the summer. The first half last year, we didn't lose ground, but we we just weren't growing. And so we just kind of maintained about where we were Um, We had started last year with $70,000 in the bank, so we knew we had a buffer to help us bridge the gap till giving grew to where it needed to be. And man, thank God, over the course of the second half of last year, starting in July, like we started hitting the number we need to hit every month. And then we just watched all through the fall um, giving. And then December blew away, like it was our biggest giving month ever by far. And so local people, you guys gave $223,000, $223,000 last year. That's awesome. That's awesome. Guys, like, I know we're growing a little bit, but like, this is a tiny little church. Like, I'm, I'm blown away by that. And so that was incredible. We've got folks from out of town, just personal people who believe in what's happening here and have been giving. And so they gave a little over $30,000. And so our goal was 260. We hit 255 last year between local giving and some people supporting. It was incredible to watch. And, you know, we had to tap into that $70,000 over the course of the year that we had kind of in reserve in the first half of the year. When we started January 1 this year, we had $67,000 in the bank. It almost got built all the way back up. And so I just, I'm, I'm proud of us as a church. Ultimately, I'm thankful to the Lord because I know that he's the one that provides. He provides. I don't do a lot of talking about money around here. Um, some of that is probably just my own struggle with, I've just seen that abused in churches in the past and people just feel like the church just wants your money. And I, I don't believe in that. But I do believe that part of our worship is giving. I do believe that it's a biblical principle and I believe that, that we give to our church home. And so if this is a church home, man, we're called to give and to tie to that church. I practice that. My family practices that. Um, what I can tell you is regardless of what happens with giving in this body, our heart is to handle money the way we see God handle money. God is a generous God and, and God is a good steward of what he has. And so we view whatever comes in, little or big, as a gift. It's his, and we want to steward it well to minister to the body. We pay rent, we pay some staff, we support missions that we believe in, um, but we want to use that money to honor him. And so that's, that's our situation this year. And so, you know, we're believing for, for giving to grow and increase this year. We'd like to start saving up some money. We're 100% debt-free. Like, we didn't go get some loan to help start this church plant. We're, we're 100% debt-free, $67,000 in the bank. Our, our budget, um, you know, a little over $20,000 a month kind of helps cover our budget And then we would love to have a more permanent building at some point in time. And so we're believing for that. Um, Those who've helped with setup say amen. (laughs) And so, you know, whatever the Lord has in store as we grow, um, we want to minister to the needs of the body and we want to be faithful to, to steward the money well. And so that's our heart and our intent. So thank you guys for serving. Thank you for giving. Thank you for participating in church life. Um, thank you for sitting here a little bit longer than normal on a Sunday morning, but I just wanted to make sure we cover all this ground. Um, just kind of in conclusion, I just, I, I wanna come back to what I said at the beginning. The church is not a building. 
The church is not the paid staff. We are the church. Now, listen, if you're a visitor, you're just getting a sense of who we are, that's, that's fine. But if, if you determine this is your church home, we are the body of Christ. And we all need each other. And so we're gonna gather to worship Jesus and get to know him. And I just wanna encourage you, participate. Participate in relationship. Serve, give, be a part of what's happening here at the church. If, if this is your church home, be present, be consistent, be in relationship. And let's watch what God does in our midst. All right? Amen? Any, any questions? I, I know I went through some of that quickly. Any questions before we wrap up? It's all right. Manuel, we good then? We're good. Yeah, all right. <laughs> all right. Well, let's pray together, and then y'all have a great week. Um, we're in the book of Numbers this week. We'll get back onto preaching on that next Sunday. Um, I, I want to say this. Don't be intimidated by the Bible reading stuff we're doing, all right? If, if you've not been doing it, it's okay. If you choose to do it, man, it's, it's powerful. It's life-giving being in God's word and watching it come alive. And so if you wanna get started, you can just jump in tomorrow. It's a Monday through Friday reading plan. There's little videos that recap each book of the Bible to help us understand what we're doing. We dialogue in life groups together and I'm just gonna try to faithfully preach through the word. So hopefully we see individual things God is saying and doing, but we see the big picture of what God is up to in this world to heal and redeem and restore all of mankind. But man, you and I, he's a personal God and he loves us, all right? So jump into Bible reading. It's, it's, it's gonna be an awesome year. All right, Lord, thank you for all your faithfulness and all you're doing here in our midst. Thank you for the, these people, the church body. God, we just declare um, that, that we believe this is your church, um, this is not Jake's church. It's not the staff's church. Jesus, this is your church. You're the king. You're the head of this church. Lord, we want to lay aside our ideas and our agenda. God, we want you to be in charge. Lord, thank you for the people who serve and help lead this church. God, would you give us wisdom, insight, God, clear vision of next steps that you're calling us to. God, help us to have courage to admit when we've made a, made a mistake. You know, we did something wrong. We went the wrong direction and be humble enough to correct course. God, would you help us to be the body? God, would you do that miracle? We're, we're gonna try to love each other well, but Jesus, thank you for your presence. Holy Spirit, thank you for your presence that comes and knits us together. God, that as we're connected to you and we're growing in you and our lives are being transformed, that we would learn more and more how to love each other well. And that when the world looks at the church, they wouldn't have all these, these built up negative connotations of maybe what people believe, but they would see the purity and the simplicity of people whose lives have been touched by Jesus. People who've received mercy and grace from God and who are learning in the messiness of life to love each other well. Jesus, help us to represent you well to the world around us. It's in your name we pray this morning. Amen. Amen.